SVPod is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Welcome, it's SVPod. Through the years, if you listen to SVP and Rosillo, if you've watched our version of SportsCenter, you know that one of our very favorite people talking about college football is a guy by the name of Spencer Hall. Uh, every day should be Saturday is where we discovered him years ago, the college football blog. He was sort of a, a frontiersman, which is mm. fitting, giving his love of, of bison and things of that nature. He came on our show in uh, overalls. Uh, he's grown a beard that is beyond unruly. Uh, but honest to God, he is one of the funniest, most brilliant minds writing about any topic, but particularly college football. And he is joining us on the SEC Network for a revamped Thinking Out Loud, which premieres with the new cast the 28th of September, 7 Eastern time on the SEC Network. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend Spencer Hall. Spencer, it has been too long. How are you, my friend? I'm doing as well as a person could do in 2020, which means that like any answer I give you about football today, circumstances may dictate a change in my status by mm -hmm. the minute or possibly by the second. Understood. There are things to get to that are important. I feel like the most important thing to get to on this day is what it is that you and I have against milk. You tweeted earlier that uh, Jim Harbaugh is a man who willingly – I'm paraphrasing, wakes up every day and drinks a glass of milk. And I just nodded knowingly. And instantly there was, as are the case, as is the case, I should say now in the world, uh, battle lines are drawn. It's the milk people and the anti-milk people. I'm solidly anti-milk. I want to know when's the last time you had a big frosty glass of milk? I don't think I've ever consumed a single frosty glass of milk in my life. Like Wait, an entire, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I've ever willingly gone to the fridge, pulled out the carton of milk, and poured it up. I remember when I started lifting weights, and I probably lifted weights like off and on with varying degrees of seriousness for about 25 years. And initially, what do they tell you if you want to gain a lot of weight? Super old school thing to do is this, it's called go mad. Gallon of milk a day. You're supposed to drink a gallon of milk a day. And I thought, yeah, bro, let's give it a shot. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't get a pint into it. <laughs> I didn't. Now, I understand from everyone who's done this, and if you're a strength coach or a meathead listening to this, you're going to nod along. There's some very drastic side effects to drinking a gallon of milk a day, and it's not exactly the cleanest bulk, okay? Mm. You're pretty much just going to be wandering around. It's more of a, if I put it this way, it's more of a Bryson DeChambeau bulk than it is a Hollywood <laughs> bulk, okay? You're just going to get big, you're going to get slabby, and there's going to be some very drastic digestive side effects, okay? For me, <laughs> I never even got to that stage. I had to dirty bulk the old respectable way, which was, uh, you know, double hamburgers from Wendy's. That's, that's pretty much how I did it. Uh, that is definitely not – I didn't go the go-mad route. So, yeah, I've just never been about milk. I can always – you know what it is? It's for me this. I, I, I can always smell that it comes from a cow. I'm always like, man, this came from a big smelly animal. I don't yep. want to drink it. <laughs> nope. I'm with you. I'm, look, I, when I was younger, when I was growing drastically, like high school years, I would, I would go through milk like a knife through butter, uh, quoting Bricktop from uh, Snatch. But n I haven't – I've told this story, I think, somewhere through the years on radio maybe, but I got to Maryland, and I moved into Ellicott Hall and went to the dining hall, and I, I realized – wait they got they got fountain soda unlimited mm. every day and i don't believe that i've had a glass of milk i no no i don't it's not a, i don't believe i have not i haven't had so much as a sip of milk since like my freshman year of college in the mid 80s so it's been a long time stanford steve milk yay or nay yay but not glasses of it uh you know, Spencer talks about the old days of gaining mass. I, I, I went the Rocky Balboa route. Mm -hmm. I went raw egg in a cup, and uh, that didn't last long. And uh, I'm a milk, I'm milk, milk for cereal. That's, well, that's, sure. that's I, you know, like, but you don't put milk in your cereal. I eat handfuls of it dry every morning. My children, like a wolf. Like an animal. It's, yeah. it's, it's horrifying. Well, nothing that I eat isn't like an animal. I, I need to sort that out. I'm going to do Spencer, I, I grabbed dinner the other night for us, and uh, Scott got a burger. <laughs> and uh, I said, how was the burger? And he literally <laughs> looked at me. It was gone. And I'd give him 28 seconds. It was gone. And he looked at me, and he just said, I don't know. <laughs> That's Man, that's good, though. You don't want to be off your feed. You want to be eating enthusiastically, man. That's uh, good. 
Well, but now uh, I'm not even exaggerating. No, no, it's true. That was the answer. I don't know. But we were waiting for DeChambeau and at any moment we could have gotten the green light that it was time to talk to him. And so I didn't, I, time was a wasting. I didn't have any time to be just, you know, savoring the meal. I needed to annihilate it. And I did. And I don't, I don't know if it was any good, but Spencer and I solidly in the anti-milk camp. uh, I mean, I'll eat it on cereal, but honestly, the last time I don't recall the last time I poured it into a bowl. Do you eat cereal, Spencer? Oh yeah. Yeah. And what do you you put on it? it now? I will use a, a bit, a bit to wet it. That's about it. And I got to admit, the stuff at the bottom at the end, stuff at the bottom at the end, I do not drink it. Like, I know I've seen some Scott people doesn't just either. No, it's disgusting. Down it. Like, I've, I, and I, like, the happiest time in my life food-wise is when I lived overseas. I lived in East Asia for a while, about a year and a half. And I will tell you, like, dairy, dairy's just nowhere. It's just absolutely nowhere. Like, in Korea, you'll get a lot of cheese. That's about it. Now we make the always easy pivot from East Asian cheese to mm-hmm. to college football and the SEC and you being part of Thinking Out Loud, which, look, I'm thrilled about this. It, our affinity for you dates back to, I don't even recall when it started. It feels like it's been at least been more than a decade mm-hmm. with Every Day Should Be Saturday and you're, you're covering uh, this sport that we all love so much. And now being part of this, what what role is it? What, what, what sensibilities can we expect you'll be bringing to the forum? I think what we're going to bring to a discussion of the SEC is this, that we have Brandon Boykin for the players' perspective. We have Richard and I to provide, I think, a nice blend of the journalistic and the internet observers. And we have uh, Alyssa to provide not only the point guard and coordination but also I think the very important perspective of a South Carolina fan, which she is, which is that none of this matters. <laughs> and, you're, and, and we're all going to die someday and you're doomed. Like that's, that's what a South Carolina fan brings to the broadcast. No. Um, it's, wait, it's true. When they had Spurrier, it was like, well, you know, what, they were just happy to kind of matter. And, they, and, they, and how much did they really matter? Man, they were like a they were like a broke guy who wins the lottery. They were like, "Well, might not be here tomorrow. Spend it while we got it. Let's do it." I love I love that too. Like, and when it when it all went down, they were like, "Well, we've been here too. Been yep. up, been down. Let's go." Like, easy come, easy go. But look, you don't. You're not the biggest. How do I put this? You hate Will Muschamp. Just say it. Uh, you know what? I, I can't hate anyone. I will say this. Not in 2020. No, 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 no. And, and I, you know, I don't hate anyone. It's, it's, I will say that the way he does things is not the way that I, as a fan, would really enjoy watching it get done. I will say this. Occasionally, that form of football, the blunt object school of football, it can be pretty arresting. It can be, you know, if you, if you like, I don't enjoy watching a 17-10 game, but I could laugh through a 17-10 game, right? Like, yeah. it's amazing. Did. It, I did. did. Like, I will say, like, <laughs> One of the great thrills of the 2019 college football season was watching South Carolina with their third string quarterback just obstruct Georgia. That was it. It was like watching, I don't know if you remember the old uh, Porky Pig uh, Daffy Duck cartoon where, sure. where Porky Pig, uh, where Daffy Duck will say, thrust, parry. He'll try to like fight him like he's Robin Hood with a stick and he gets really enthusiastic and tries a bunch of moves. And then Porky Pig just sticks his finger out and like... Daffy Duck flips halfway across the screen. All right, that's an elaborate way of explaining this. The more you try against that school of football, the more you attempt and the more ambition you have, the worse you do. And sometimes that's really, really fun to watch. I don't know if it's exactly what I would ever want for my football team again, but I really enjoy this. I think Will Muschamp at South Carolina is in many ways a perfect alignment of school, coach, and approach because South Carolina, generally speaking, if they just try to obstruct and they just try to be real tough and they just try to like make one or two plays a game and the rest of the time, just make life as hard as possible for you. That's a very good approach given South Carolina's historical profile in the sec. They are not a power. They have never been a power. They have one championship to their name. That was an ACC championship in the late sixties. Since then it's just been South Carolina football. It's been a struggle. So in many ways, that kind of lack of ambition that kind of commitment to like a very low margin school of football and a coach who is like all heart, all heart and, and, and not much on, on the strategic 
side of football and the offense. <laughs> like, just no, like the kind of guy who still believes that like passing is bad. That's that's very good for South Carolina, I think. And see, Spencer could give you this on every single school of the SEC, every single one. Like that, well, I was just off the top of his dome. This is the yeah. kind of depth of knowledge and passion and understanding and commitment to SEC lifestyle and brand that Spencer brings. Uh, to our network, Thinking Out Loud, again, it's the 28th of September that it begins 7 Eastern time on the SEC Network. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Um, along those lines of South Carolina, Spencer, any words of advice for uh, fans from uh, Missouri or Arkansas this year? Do you have hobbies? <laughs> <laughs> I think hobbies are a great distraction because your football games, they might get out of hand, particularly Arkansas. I think Arkansas is much better suited for this, by the way. You do? because Yeah, I do. Because one, they've been stress tested in terms of misery recently, like deep, deep wells of misery. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're not dead already as an mm -hmm. Arkansas fan in your heart, if you're not burnt to the core, <laughs> this year will be nothing. Because at least you have the optimism of, oh, it's a new coach, right? It's not another year of, like, we, we could just, this is, this is a practice. This is a gimme. Even better still, it, it's 2020. Yeah. Nothing is going, you might not even play half your games. That's a reality. You might, you might have testing and quarantine decimate your roster to the point where you won't even have to play the games. If and when that happens, you know who wins? Arkansas. Yeah. Now, because Arkansas, not only, like, this is the comedy of comedies. Not only does Arkansas have virtually no hope of winning a normal year's worth of games, right? Like, we're talking two, three wins if you're looking at a yeah. roster, and they probably would have been real happy with that if they'd had a normal schedule. But instead, they got hammered with the absolute, like, like they got the, like, wipeout obstacle course of scheduling. Mm -hmm. They got as difficult a schedule as I can remember being handed out to a team that proportionally could not handle it. So if they get a game canceled, awesome. We, <laughs> what? We got, we got some workouts in. We got some lifting in. We got some naps. Got some good rest. Remember, recovery is important, Arkansas. Recovery is important. Missouri is going to have a harder time of it because not only are you switching coaching regimes, but, uh, again, you're going to be doing this and trying to put together a new program in a year when – you might be missing 10 players. You might be missing 20. It depends on how the week goes. Mm. You know, the opponent for everybody here is going to be the virus and following the procedures around the virus. And that's not going to be easy for anybody. Ask Kansas State. We were talking about a uh, pregame here, Steve, that yeah. Kansas, Kansas State had like 10 out, right? There was a 10 yeah, or 12. Yeah, they got 12 back and then they lost yeah. another 10. And then they lost another 10. So, hey, you're up two. <laughs> 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 that's every team man that's every it really team. is and i mean as we're taping this on a tuesday we see notre mm -hmm. dame had had four positives and they're not gonna they're not gonna practice i mean this, this like we can laugh and it's it is you know i'm just picturing big sam Pittman out there at arkansas and that what's mm. his he's got that internet thing when they would get a recruit down at georgia i forget was it an oh yeah or some kind of a yeah rest? i think was he a yes sir a yeah yes, it was sir. a yes sir that's yeah, it yes yeah, sir yes yeah, sir <laughs> It, yeah. Not a whole lot of yes, sir, down there in, uh, in, in Arkansas this year, I don't think. But, but honestly, who the hell knows? And that's, that's really been my sort of mantra for everything, uh, Spencer, as it relates to life in mm -hmm. this hellscape of 2020. And I do feel – it's rare that when we talk I'm serious, but I'm serious about this. I feel that, there, that, that even though we understand philosophically that at any moment – the plug can get pulled and you have to shut down and you can't play a week or who knows, maybe longer. I feel like the, what it represents, particularly in the SEC, a season, whatever it might be, 
was was very necessary just to the psyche of of the populace. I mean, how how would you best frame what it represents? And I'm not talking about it just means more and making fun of the ad. I'm talking about the real nuts and bolts people that that live this. I I feel like people would have not been able to function had there not been some kind of SEC football. Yeah, and to be clear, I don't think it's going to be full function. I don't think it's going to feel normal. It's not going to feel right. It's going to be it's going to be um you know, the Splenda for the sugar, it's going to be a substitute for the, you know, glory and glamour of a full season. You're not going to get anything resembling your standard college football season. You're not going to get anything resembling your standard SEC season because in many places, tailgating's banned. You're not going to get or highly controlled or uh, as in Georgia, they said, oh, you can only have get togethers in the parking lots. <laughs> I really don't know who any adult in the room is in the state of Georgia who would say with a straight face that you had actually outlawed tailgating when you said, yeah, but y'all can just get together in the parking lot in groups of 10. Okay. Okay. Sure. That's, <laughs> that's going to work. You know how, you know how orderly and well-run things are down here. Okay. Just generally speaking, that's going to be good. People are sure going to be counting and using their rulers there. No, I don't think, I think it, it, it has a very large importance period. I think that, for people for whom this is how you turn the horn through the season and this is a rite and a ritual. This is how you keep up with, you know, old friends. This is how you, in some cases, network, right? Absolutely. Like, hey, see, Absolutely. See, see you at the game. We'll talk about that business thing. That does actually happen. <laughs> and just for, for everybody who has this as, you know, who regards this as a real emotional bellwether or anchor in their lives, it's going to be a diminished version of that. I think having it was emotionally important. Um, and whether or not you thought the season should have happened, it's happening anyway. And now the real challenge is going to be getting through it and appreciating how unusual and strange it is while trying to somehow enjoy the games if and when they happen. Like, whole thing's got an asterisk on it. And I think that's easy to process after the fact. It's very going to be very strange to live it. It's going to be very strange for me to not go to Athens in a year. Like, I, mm. Athens is right up the road. Yeah. There's no reason not to just, you know, you could just on a whim go up to Athens. It's a delightful place to just hang out. You don't even have to go to the game and you can come back. That's out. There's not going to be an old Miss Grove situation at all. There will be no LSU tailgating, which I feel like is like, that's like canceling Genghis Khan's favorite party. You know, like it's like <laughs> canceling, you know, the barbarian uh, soiree and the, you're not going to get it uh, this year so you'll miss all those things and what will you miss most Spencer I mean if you and, and I realize that's kind of an impossible question it's like trying yeah. to pick out what you know which one of your boys would you say first you know but I mean I I will probably miss I think what I will miss is I will miss the first like semi-cold tailgate and down here we mean that by like you know 55 degrees maybe 50 degrees but I always thought that was like a, a great turn when everybody actually put on like a sweater. I, I'll miss the cocktail party as oppressive and intense an experience as that can be. I'll miss the cocktail party because the cocktail party is um, outlandish and something always, I've never, I don't know anybody who's gone down there hasn't had one thing go at least sideways. Like, where did I park my car? Well, it turns out it was towed and you're gonna spend the next two days tracking it down in Duval, you know? Um, or, you know, you saw somebody do something real crazy yeah i'll i'll miss all of the little sort of things around various game day experiences oh yeah and i'll miss like you know i'll miss your late night waffle house stop that's I'll, I'll miss all of the little sort of tangential personal experiences that go around the things that kind of make the season for me and by season i mean football season and fall like those two things are inextricable inexplic inextricable they go hand in hand florida or georgia I'm going to go Florida. Wow. All right. Why? I'm going to go Florida because the quarterback situation is set. And I think until you know what's under the hood at Georgia, the departure of Jamie Newman opting out of the season mm. really disrupted their quarterback picture. I know that JT Daniels is real good. He's fantastic. It's been a minute since he's had any real playing time. So 
until you solve the most important position in the game, then I have to, by default, select Florida. Now, if you said, hey, Georgia set at quarterback, I'd, yeah, it's Georgia, it's UGA. It's like <laughs> deeper too, like this is also an issue. The teams to bet on are the teams that have the most resources in terms of roster depth. Georgia is a deeper team at this point in both teams' evolution. So you probably have to take Georgia by default, but at the moment without uh, an absolutely set quarterback situation, uh, much less one that's going from year one to year two with Kyle Trask, I'll take Florida. You know what's amazing about that, that entire dialogue is that the Georgia quarterback situation is unsettled because a Wake Forest transfer decided to opt out and the USC transfer five-star guy may not be the guy. Like there's, you know, like just, it's just incredible to like the, the, the Georgia quarterback situation over the past five years has been worthy of like an entire shutdown full cast or just mm-hmm. thousands, thousands of words. When you look at who they got and Easton comes from Washington, then he gets beat out by a guy who then fields comes, then he's not going to get on the field because Fromm's good. And then fields ends up being what maybe the second pick in the draft behind Lawrence he leaves here comes a, a Wake Forest train you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. just the quarterback position at the University of Georgia is an astounding melodrama I can't even make sense of it that's by the way coming off of what 20 years of a lack of drama yeah at it you know stately stately handoffs from your <laughs> David Green's you know Mike Bobo. to your, to your Bobo. Mike, Mike Bobo to your Zyres to your who's Aaron not calling Murray's. plays at South Carolina <laughs> correct correct uh and it, by the way like a big pass first pass heavy guy who came out for south carolina remember what i was saying your lack of ambition what are they going to do this year well you know first thing bubba comes out and says this you know going slow can be real hard on a defense too ah, we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna huddle we're gonna huddle up we're gonna, huddle up. <laughs> we're gonna look at that clock maybe you know open a tin of cocktail weenies have a nice little meat snack in the middle of the field pass it around to the boys leisurely stroll up as that clock goes three two one and snap the ball for a halfback dive that's meat 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 snacks are not to be not to be uh underestimated the importance of a meat snack if you told by the way if you told me south carolina actually sent their offense out there to like eat some form of processed meat product in between plays to ensure that they were not going to snap the ball too quickly this year I would 100% believe you, 100%. They want that game to be as short as possible. Like, they, like I, I guarantee, like, South Carolina may play a game under three hours this year. They, they may have, like, the two-hour, 55-minute game. <laughs> if I look at the SEC West, Spencer, and I ask you the most interesting thing, I feel like the list is not quite infinite, but it is as long as a CVS receipt. The, the <laughs> thing in the SEC West – that is the most interesting to you as we begin play there's what? Ole Miss. Ole Miss, like 100%. That is, that is the most interesting team with a runner-up being LSU's rebuilding project. Uh, LSU is a little more interesting because, hey, we all watched a lot of LSU. We all know they're freakishly talented. We all know that last year, um, I, I think on the SEC this morning with uh, Peter Burns and Chris Doring, I said that LSU last year was like, they were like the, the guy who'd always worked out, but had never quite gotten his diet right. And then all of a sudden they discovered, hey, Joe Brady, low carb, we're good. And now they, they were just like ripped and unstoppable. <laughs> you know, they're interesting and the succession is interesting, but part two is always like slightly less intriguing than something like, and I quote, Lane Kiffin and old Miss. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and this is, Lane Kiffin has been all over the map as a head coach. And I mean, literally, and figuratively all over the map he has been very successful he's had he's had good seasons at usc which i know usc fans tend to forget but they did have some success under lane kiffin and they did recruit really well under lane kiffin Mm -hmm. i would his one season at tennessee is so fascinating to me because they were so much better than they really should have been and they were so much better than people remember jonathan crompton was a very very troubled quarterback with a very mixed record who ended up having a really good season right under they Lane were competitive the people people didn't think they'd be competitive because he went down there and said yeah when we beat and when we beat florida and sing rocky top all night it's yep. gonna be great and people like is he medicated 
Like it just, nothing, mm -hmm. it didn't, but it, then it, it turned out that they actually were far, far more competitive, far more quickly than anyone thought that they had a right to be. Yeah. And with players that weren't his and right. that, that to me is the most interesting, you know, flag for why you should be interested in old miss this year, because he's had success early on in his tenures and with other people's players. I think sometimes the hardest thing to do for anyone in any field is to sustain success once you've come in and made it work. Some guys are very good at coming into any situation and saying, I have these tools, I can make yeah. it work, right? Like, mm -hmm. like somebody who can, will look in a fridge and go, okay, y'all, we're having fried rice. I can just cook it up and it's gonna work, <laughs> right? And it's delicious. But if you give them a couple of more days, the hardest thing to sustain is a menu, is a restaurant, is a franchise, right? I think that's why we always talk about, hey, coaches want to be organized. You know, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? You know, coaches need to have those answers because those are the really difficult things to do down at like hardest things to do in football. Get from 10 wins to 11 wins, right? 10 wins, that's hard. 11 mm -hmm. wins, insanely hard. Dan Mullen says that over and over again. Another thing to do is to have a good year four, like a good year three and a good year four because maybe you're one of these guys who can come in and flip it right? I can flip it. I can take this program. I can get the next job. But one of the hardest things is to sustain because you have to commit down the road to being a monster recruiter, to having a system, to constantly replacing your staff, to constantly replacing your strategies and working ahead, ahead, ahead. It's relentless. And I don't blame anybody for falling off that curve. You know, I, I, I mean, I have crippling ADD. I assure you, I would be a flipper at best. My year three would be a nightmare. Year four, year four, I'd be run out on a rail. And I think that's probably where you'll see if Lane Kiffin matures as a coach, that's the part of the curve he's going to have to really work on in order to succeed. He's got to survive year three, and then he's got to get to year four. Because as time went on at USC, um, the big problem there, per most people involved, was, was management, right? It wasn't whether yeah. he was a talented coach. Nope, he's right. he's a like what have you what did you see at Alabama? Dude mm -hmm. will score. Dude knows what he's doing. Puts people in positions to succeed. If he has a player, by the way, who can carry the ball five thousand times in a season, hello Derrick Henry, they'll do it, right? If he has a quarterback who's troubled, there are multiple instances of I will get this guy to work. I will mm -hmm. put them in a position to succeed. So I don't worry about that. That's one reason they're so interesting to me this year because. He's not necessarily worried about, okay, this is my guy and I have to develop him. No, he just has to come in and make it work. And he's very good at that. When you talk about things that are consistent in the league, I always, I always bring up the fact of Coach Saban's mad level. Is there anything more consistent about how mad he is? Yeah, that's another thing. How are you going to stay mad for four years? Okay. <laughs> All right. How are you going to do what Nick Saban does? How are you going to stay mad for 14 years? You know how hard it is to stay mad or even fake mad for 14 years? Yeah. Like you either got to start off being like <laughs> Captain Cool and just keep it there, or you got to be like Nick and just maintain a low boil every single minute of every single day for 14 years. Mm. And I don't, I don't understand how you do that, particularly when after multiple national title games, there have been anecdotes of Nick Saban sitting in the cabin of the plane on the way back going, oh, cool, I can get to recruiting. Yeah. What? <laughs> Breakfast meetings the day after talking about all the things they can do better, man. Like mm -hmm. that's a Daniel Day level, Daniel Day Lewis method acting level that I cannot even comprehend. And mm -hmm. I do think, and, and I, I'm really glad I, we had Nick on the show during the midst of the shutdown, and he talked about Miss Terry and how, spending time together in ways that was meaningful and about family. And a number of people commented about just seeing the human side. It is, it is in there. You know that, Spencer. Steve and I know that. We, we know that. There's a guy there. But it's a commitment to that, not character, because I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's a role he's playing. He inhabits it. it and and it, it, it's, it seems like that fire would burn me out. Like you talk about year three, you'd be out on a rail. I couldn't mm -hmm. pretend to be that pissed off for a week. No. It, I, I would I, – I would – self-immolate in, in instantly like I, so I guess on some odd level I admire it but I also just feel like I would never want to be that committed to process that I, I didn't allow myself more joy in in the result you know what I'm saying yeah and and I don't it, that's just different 
Like yeah. when you know when you talk about dudes just different, dudes just different. People have tried to hire that away. You know, this is mm. the the Belichick difference. Like when people talk about, well, what makes Belichick different? Why can't we just hire one of his guys? There's one. And of you them. go, well, yeah, and you go, well, okay. Um, first of all, I need you to go take a coach and make sure he's born in a film room and that he is the son of the guy who wrote the book on football scouting. Something people tend to forget is that, you know, like Bill Belichick's dad was the guy who wrote the literal book on how to scout a football game, right? I recommend doing it, by the way, but you can pad it. It's called padding. You just sit there and you go like, you just go through like the check marks and all of a sudden you realize you go, oh man, I am barely watching this game. I am just watching where the ball goes and I am completely wrong about everything in football. It's a very humbling experience. Now take someone who learned to do that as a kid and grew up in a film room and then make sure that he gets a good 20, 15 to 20 years of tutelage under uh, a lot of really great people, including Bill Parcells. Oh, and then he, by the way, gets the apprenticeship, right? He gets to <laughs> see how you do everything and then ends up in the perfect situation, right? May oh, by the way, make sure you're willing to quit a job after like, you don't even like, like a day. Is that the Jets? Like quit yeah. after a day because he's like, oh God, I took the Jets job. Oh no. <laughs> oh God. What am I doing? I should go take the Pats job. Like that's, you need a, a, a like that's the reason that those guys are so sought after they're very 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 singular and i also want to show this who's the old, who has like the best record against nick saban in terms of sec coaches I, I think over the past like five to seven years if you add it up it was hugh freeze yeah and, hugh and, freeze. and one of the reasons that you know you can't beat nick saban by being nick saban you have to do something else you have to do something differently right and Hugh Freeze kind of played chaos ball. I don't want to take it out of, you know, completely out of his hands in terms of like what he achieved uh, at Old Miss on the field. But you can't try to be more organized or relentless than, than Nick Saban. You're going to have to play something, an entirely different kind of game. You'll have to get Chad Kelly back there, baby. <laughs> like you need Chad Kelly back there, just winging it, hoping it works out in man coverage. All of this, and we, we, hadn't, we haven't mentioned Leach in Mississippi State. Um, the, 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 I guess what I'm saying is that the, the endless uh, depth of topics and interesting things to discuss about this league and your knowledge of it, Spencer, or why you'll be great uh, with us on the SEC Network, Thinking Out Loud. What's going on just on the way out? Because my point here would be I could talk to you until tomorrow about this, and I assume you have things to do. Although, I, is, is virtual school done for the day? You're, you're living through that, right? Oh, yeah. How's we, that going? Uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's terrible. I'm a bad uh, person. Yeah. I have a question about that. Yeah. Um, Spencer, I'm just looking at your backdrop, and it, it reminds me of me um, in my house on Wednesdays. Um, we're supposed to put our, our, our recycle bins, and I had to get another recycle bin because uh, we, we fill ours up um, mm -hmm. at, at our house. I don't know about you, more than we have uh, before the pandemic started. And um, – I have the number, Steve. I called Montgomery County. I got several additional bins. They'll send them to you for free. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna need that. I have uh, I have become a wine aficionado, and I kept it to that, <laughs> figuring that wine my, figuring that wine is very good for you. And yeah, the grape, said, the grape. And, and then if anyone says, "But the Senate stops there," you got just it. cut them off, right? I'm like, no, it's heart healthy. Yeah, that's like, and, it's and they, good for you. Good so how you. many, yeah, so how many glasses is heart healthy? I'm going to return to the statement, it is heart healthy. There you go. Gonna, who, who, are you, don't, who are you to judge? Who are you yeah. to judge? I'm big. I lift a lot. I didn't, I didn't uh. go, go, uh, go, go mad. I went, uh, what's a bottle of wine a day? How, what is that? Bod? Bo, boad? Yeah, bo, yeah boad. Boad, bottle of wine a day. I yeah. want to know on the way out, what, what do, do we have shutdown full cast plans? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Shutdown Full Cast available. We record on Tuesdays. It goes up on Wednesdays. That is a weekly podcast. During the season, we'll go to twice a week. Um, we have, Are you going to hit uh, the road? Are you going to go places? Oh, absolutely not. No, like we have, uh, we have no ability to safely put on a show in the best of times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there have been some technical challenges. 
And I mean, I say this, I'm currently sitting down outside my house and I put my, I put my computer into a, a, a power plug I found on the side of the, of, of the garage. So I've been, I'm not judging your acumen technically. I'm just saying, and it's hard to take a show on the road, man. Listen, it's hard to take any show on the road. And um, when you're as stupid as the full cast is, it's definitely more of a challenge. Like, you know, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. And we're a very tough podcast. Yeah. Uh, but so we were like, in a normal time, it would be challenging. And then this year with all of the restrictions that you would have about putting on a live show, absolutely not. But we are steady on the internet and in your inbox and podcast provider of choice every Wednesday and uh, going to take that to two shows during the season along with all the other stuff uh, I write from time to time at mooncrew.substack.com uh, that is a free newsletter so if you don't like it guess what you, you only you spend a dollar no you spend free. zero zero dollars it's zero and in uh, the fact that you're the fact that your why that your words are free is uh, is galling it should be monetized you you know how much we uh, appreciate Yep. all of what you do uh and to share look it, we're in the content world and you're doing your own podcast so to spend a little time chit chatting with us you know we appreciate and we uh look forward to catching up on the tv soon i hope uh and folks will check you out on the sec network as well thinking out loud starting at the end of the month monday the uh 28th of september spencer hall folks be good my brother we will talk soon okay always a pleasure y'all all right steve so as we say so long to spencer with the sec schedule kicking off this week I think that'll make it feel a little bit more like no we're, not th we're not there. But, no. I mean, just, I mean, like, let's be honest. Looking at these Saturday slates and you're like, Ugh, what do we got? Like, I will say oh. it's been it's been good just from the from the family perspective to not feel like I got to be lingering <laughs> around a television for during that during that afternoon window. You know what I mean? You don't feel like you're you're conflicted or missing anything. But um, are they coming to get you? Uh, hold on. I'm outside. We got. <laughs> Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! The one good thing about living in a flight path is my my boys are both absolutely obsessed by airplanes. And like, there's some afternoons where it's just they're flying international, and it is one after another. Man, I'm I'm talking about conveyor belt, one after another. All right, the chopper's gone. What was I talking about? Football. Yeah. And. Having the SEC back will, will start to give us a little bit more of a feel. Obviously, we're a month away from, from the Big Ten trying to get things going. But two weeks into the NFL, and this week, Steve, the list of injured players was, was astounding. It was star players on both sides of the ball. You had a couple of number two picks in back-to-back -back drafts. Saquon and Bosa go down with ACLs, both of them. And, you know, the, it's, it's turning into this cause and effect thing that everyone's like, well, see, this – this was bound to happen because blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, I mean, last year, week two, Breeze got hurt. Roethlisberger got hurt. Cam Newton got hurt. Two of those guys didn't play again the rest of the year, mm -hmm. both of whom have played in Super Bowls and the most important position in the NFL. I'm not diminishing what happened because it's, I mean, the list is voluminous and it is staggering uh, and it's a ton of star players. But I just, I caution anyone to say that it's, it happened because – because it feels like it happens all the time every year. As you well know, having lived it, it's a violent game, you know? It's, it's part of the sport, Scott, and it's we'll never get the full effect. I think um, just being a guy that missed a lot of time with injuries in college, it is as taxing mentally as you possibly can get. It is as depressing a feeling knowing that you're playing in a sport and your team goes out to the – you hear all everybody in their cleats walking out, of the building and you're staying in the train room to rehab by yourself. You hear the whistles going, you hear the pads going, you see the guys coming back, sweating, dripping, knowing that they put in a whole day work and you're, you're just sitting there helpless. Just like, I, I don't even feel part of it. And it's, it's not, and guys come up to you and, and come in the locker room and check with you, you know, how you doing? There's nothing that replaces that feeling when you're as isolated as that. And it's part of the deal, man. And you don't know about it until you live it. Um, I, I, I really think the, um, the special Stefania Bell did with, with Alex Smith gave a light to, to those people. I think you watch some of these documentaries that athletes do and you see what these guys put in. I understand it at the professional level. They're getting tons of money. But, man, you talk about being taxing, uh, you know, mentally 
with, with some alone time. If you're not ready, if you're, if you haven't, uh, if you're not comfortable with yourself or you, you haven't um, had adversity like that with injuries, it, 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 it's a rough deal. And uh, I just think it's more light shed on it because of the fantasy stuff and like that. But it, it, could, it could be dark for those guys. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I did, I did one big thing on this a year ago that a guy gets hurt, Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. right? R- takes it, runs right against the Bears, gets hit going out of bounds, He's down, slow getting up, leaves in a cart. You see him banging the cart, leaving the field. You got some team that, that is make-believe. They only exist in your phone, on your computer screen, and you had the number two pick in the draft, and you picked them. And now you're like, oh, I got to get somebody. I got to pick somebody up on the waiver wire. That's make-believe. Yeah. It's a make-believe team. It's not a real thing. But the human being on the cart, begins a process that will take the better part of a year and then even then once you get and you would know again i haven't had this once you get cut particularly on an acl for a guy who makes his living running the football do you mentally ever feel the same do you do you trust it when you cut are you tentative i mean i i think about the human toll and it's just we and and this isn't i'm not blaming people it's just it it, but it's I, I think about the person who's in the arena who now can't be and what the like I talked to Tim Legler about coming back from an ACL and he's like, man, it's a dark, dark time. You know, no, you're, you're no you, you struggle. I mean, what didn't you when you played that the last game of your career at the Rose Bowl? Didn't you play with some contraption on your elbow just to be out there? I dislocated my elbow against. Uh, hold Cal. on. Hold yeah. on a second. Listen, people listening. His elbow was dislocated. You understand yeah. that? His f-ing elbow was dislocated. Think about that. Think about how bad that hurt. Okay, carry on. So you said very casually as if, oh, I, I stubbed my toe. Your elbow was dislocated, and then? And then I didn't know what was wrong, so we, I ran off to the sidelines. Side and I honestly I, I had no idea, but, like, I, I watched the replay one time of me, of me running off the field. And, like, I don't know what I, – I think it was, like, my shoulder, I thought. And then all of a sudden, the doctor was just like, doo-doo. And then, like, luckily, they were able to pop it back. He knew right away because they showed the replay up on the Jumbotron. Ugh. And it bent the wrong way. So, it was, it was crazy. Like, I literally, like, went to a knee because I guess all the blood goes up to whatever. You get some kind of rush. But it was, uh, it was, it was brutal. And then that was – yeah, that, took, that was the last week of the, uh, November. And then – rehab to get back to play January 1 which is my birthday against Wisconsin with uh, I wore the, the if you see the brace Jamal Lewis actually wore the brace but it's the brace that JJ Watt wears uh he fills it out a lot better than I did because <laughs> it's like a arms, jungle gym on your arm yeah, yeah it was you know tossing and turning um so uh yeah it, it was it's it's a thing and then I had a thing my freshman year that was a whole nother deal but um, with my neck and shoulder, but that's, it's the, the issue and going back to Legler is the issue is the guy you're, you're, you don't know how, whether you can go full go because all you could think about is all the time you just put in to get to this point. Right. And I understand ACLs are a lot, are nowhere near, you know, what they used to be, but still those guys are talking, I mean, a lot of times now they're going two times a day for, I don't know how many weeks, but you're just thinking about that time because you're alone, man. You have so many thoughts that are in your head uh, when you're doing that stuff, and, and you just want to get to a point, but you know you can't you can't go too fast because it's just that that's definitely not how to do it because that's not the right way, and you, and you listen to the people that are paid to tell you what to do. So it's it's it's, it's you have there's things that are that are that have you um, from reaching you know your your ceiling that you, you that are out of out of your control if that right. makes any sense you know of course. you have you know not going by the book but you there is a standard that you have to stay to and that's that's really hard for guys that haven't faced adversity yeah and you just look at the toll this week and there's you know a, like the Niners I mean you lose you lose a Stanford guy and Thomas yeah. and you lose yeah. Bosa and you lost Buckner in the offseason I mean you're the the face of the identity of that Rugged defense totally changes. You have Mostert hurt on the offensive side. You have Coleman hurt. Garoppolo with a high ankle. I mean, that's just one team. That's one team. And and 
I mean, afterwards, Coach Shanahan, I get it. I mean, you're frustrated as hell, and you're talking about the turf, and it was sticky and this and that, and thinking maybe that had something to do with it. But meanwhile, the Giants and the Steelers played on it six days before on Monday Night Football, and nothing happened. So I think – I guess what I'm saying is that when we try to uh, assign explanations for things that unfortunately are, are, are inherently arbitrary, uh, mm-hmm. I, I just resist that. Um, and it's just, it sucks that for sure. And it's been, it's been an alarming rate of injury for sure to start this, uh, this 2020 season, two weeks in as far as the actual football on the field. I mean, I, I don't know. The chiefs managed to win a game, which I mean, that that's going to haunt the chargers. There were, there were a lot, there were plays, uh, Herbert, the rookie made a bunch of big time plays. Yeah. But he also made a couple of well, one significant mistake up eight with the ball driving, throws across his body across the middle of the field, gets picked, and it still took a bunch of magicians nonsense from Mahomes and that Chiefs team to win. And Butker blasting like three three consecutive fifty yeah. plus kicks. How about that? I, you think about what, all the things in football that have changed. In like in baseball. If you throw 100, that's still hard. But, like, back in the day, if you threw mid-90s, there was, like, one or two of those dudes. Now every team's got seven or eight guys. Now 58-yard field goals for guys like Butker and Tucker. And, I mean, if – Zerline's game winner was a chip shot the other day. Steve, they get that that onside kick, and they they went conservative. It was a 46-yard kick. Now, granted, it's indoors off off of field turf, but for him, you called it. It's a chip shot. It's nothing to that guy. And as far as, like, you know, just being accurate and becoming numb to the fact that you just don't miss kicks, Gaskowski had seasons where he didn't miss three kicks. And then he had a horrible Monday night game against Denver. But then what does he do? He makes a game winner, misses an extra points against against Tennessee, against uh, Jacksonville, I beg your pardon, and hammers home a 40-plus yarder to win the game. That that skill has become so, so uh, elevated that I think we take, uh, we take that part of it for granted. But, Stephen, the big picture, two weeks into an NFL season, saying anything definitively always feels a little bit ridiculous. Other than just – Kansas City is going to be good, and they're going to be hard to beat, as evidenced this past Sunday when the Chargers' defense harassed Mahomes all day and still couldn't win. Outside of saying that, I don't really know what I'm, I'm – and Baltimore, Baltimore's plenty good, too. They play Monday night next week. That'll be a hell of a football game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many things I'm, I'm prepared to say definitively about who's good. I think there are far more questions about teams that started poorly – like Minnesota looked horrible the other day. I, I don't know what the hell's going on with them. I yeah. feel like like Chicago's two and zero. Oh, I don't. <laughs> are they nobody? They're, they're, they're good. clearly the most. Well, I mean, look how they beat Detroit, and they they had to survive uh, the Giants without. Just said, look without at their two Saquon. wins. I mean, you, right? Who they beat and how they beat them. So I don't know. We never we we don't ever know a whole lot. I do know that the Monday night game between the between the Ravens and the Chiefs is going to be good, uh, and I think that the. I think that the question marks about Breeze and his arm, uh, given the Monday night game with Green Bay coming in, they've scored 40-something in two games. Like I know this. Week three's got some absolute bangers on the schedule. Bangers. Cowboys, Seahawks. Cowboys, Seahawks. Yay. At the Patriots. Oh, that matchup. Chiefs. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'm just like, that's four off the top of my bean that are some, some interesting games here. Uh, Rams, early Bills. This season. Yeah, go get him. 2-0-2-0-2-0. Off and Allen. Allen threw for 400 and four touchdowns. Buffalo fans are like, you know, he's good. I, I don't know. Yeah, he looks good. Uh, who the hell knows? I don't. I know this. In the time that we've been talking, we mentioned the COVID positives for Notre Dame. Mm. And now that game against Wake Forest has been postponed? Correct. Here we go. Yeah, that was, that was a winner this week for me, too. Love the over in well, that game. Well, save it for later. Look, this is what Spencer talked about earlier. We just yep. – nothing about this year, nothing about this season is going to be easy. It's just we're going to put it on paper and we're going to hope that we get to play the games. That's that's where we are. Do you have any questions for me? Any Scott on the spot? Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, are the Packers is this like better? The, is, this like when, is this like when me and Marcella would get to the end and it was let me ask you a question and we'd no, look no, at each other in the break and see I if we wrote anything? Yeah. All right, hold on. Got to do the, gotta do the, yeah, uh, do the production. Yeah, do the intro. Scott on the spot. Pew, 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 Skrillex. Brought to you by Skrillex. 
Are the Packers better than they were last year? Yes. I don't know why. Are the Ravens better than they were last year? Maybe. They won. What they win? They win fourteen games last year. Yeah. They're not going to win fourteen games this year. No, they won't be better in. I, I, I. You know what? I don't know. How about that? I don't know. Am I supposed to have a hot take? I don't know. I, I appreciate the honesty. Well, I don't know. I've watched. I've. I, I've. The, the game against Houston was just on the other day. It was kind of hard to watch that one, given the fact that we were very carefully monitoring the the Chiefs and the Chargers game, and we were keeping an eye on the football team because I have Kyler Murray on a fantasy team, and that guy is bananas. <laughs> I was wrong about him. Scott owns his mistakes. I was wrong. I thought he was just tiny and was what it, like. You're not going to get to play against Texas Tech. You're not going to get to play against Baylor, Oklahoma State. All due respect to your fine defenses. It just what I'm saying is, just bulk Big Twelve quarterbacks. I was wrong because I thought for years that that was nonsense, and it just because it didn't translate in the NFL. And now you got a bunch of Big Twelve quarterbacks out there slinging it. And Murray, man, he is just hard to deal with. I interrupted your question. All right. Um, are the Jets worse than they were last year? Yes. Who's their Who's their wide receiver one? You draft Mims, he's hurt. They let Robbie Anderson go gobble for the Panthers. He's catching balls like They like need nothing. to bring Corbett back. I bet you that guy could still play. Where's Bilal Powell? I miss him. They, <laughs> they, they Literally, look at what happened to them. That Mims is not practicing. Yep. Um, Herndon, uh, where's he? I, he played last week. He didn't, I, I didn't, he didn't catch. I think he caught one pass. Uh, a Perriman got hurt last week. Uh, Crowder was hurt before the game, so he didn't play. I, mean, I think Crowder got hurt on that long touchdown against Bell. Buffalo. Bell goes on the eye early. He got Gase. The, like, he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it to Halloween at this pace. Seriously, okay. I'm, I'm not calling hey. for the guy's head. I'm just telling you, he just it ain't gonna work. Not don't like this, good. huh? It don't look good. No, it looks rough. Is that it? Um, bonus question on the way out. Yeah. Uh, trying to get this one in here. He's looking up. Which means he's thinking this is this is a hundred percent me and Rosillo at the end of a show, just making something up before it was four o'clock. Have you ever I'm, changed a tire on a car? Yeah. I'm a you man. Have. I'm a man, Steve. Okay. Like where is it? Like it's hard to find. Nowadays it's like, you know. Back I, I not only to have a, I, I changed it when it when it was a full on tire. When you had a when you had a full big ass proper tire in the back and a jack which was like perilous because it was at any moment it was, it was ready to give way and right off. fall on your body and crush you to death. And you used it once and it was bent for life. Exactly. I, do, you have the, of, the, do you have that bar that was like this? That's the key. Without you, quite, Steve's got his arms long, together. Right. And each you had the and, long one, it would hit the ground too much. Correct. And then they, yes. each one of those was like for lug nuts. And there was always yeah, one that's that the was, word, lug nuts. I couldn't there was always that one, one that was stripped. Always. It was hard. I don't know how we function, man. Like, like life was a lot harder. You ever watch those NASCAR guys that could just spin it? It's incredible. Yeah, no, that's a skill set I don't understand. I'm just trying to think how we lived before. It was a lot harder. No phones. No podcasts. Wasn't caveman times, but it might as well have been out there changing full tires with gigantic uh, hunks of equipment that were dirt all over you just poorly designed for the thing and i'm not built for it but i did it you want to know that i changed the tire you're damn right i changed the tire all right bonus one on the way out last one yeah last one how was the burger i think it was pretty good old epic grill right yes by the way i owe you money steve's been going out (laughs) honchoing meal after meal after meal and back in connecticut i put everybody on scholarship i got lots of meals lately down in dc i haven't reached in my pocket once actually one time i threw 40 bucks on the table but i owe you i owe you a lot of money right now so don't think i don't know that we'll get there well we will uh but the burger was pretty good old epic girl check it out legendary dc spot all right that's it for the podcast um uh, thanks to Otis for being here to bark at whoever that guy was yeah. on the go-kart. Shout out to the chopper above. I hope everybody here in the, is safe uh, and I hope everybody out there is doing great. Thanks for listening to SV Pod. We'll see you next week.